Mayer on LBC. It's Friday, it's a quarter to five. It's Simon Marx's American Week. Eddie, President Biden is ending this American week in Asia. He landed in South Korea this morning at the beginning of what is going to be a very busy weekend of diplomacy. But we will get to that later because this American week began with the all too familiar sounds of tragedy. Yet another mass shooting in this country, which authorities say may have been fueled by hate. A gunman opening fire at a supermarket in Buffalo, New York, killing 10 people. The aftermath of a mass shooting captured on camera, an apparently lifeless body lying on the ground in Buffalo, New York. Many of these people inside just doing their food shopping. It's unfathomable that somebody would come in here and open fire. This is the worst nightmare that any community can face. And we are hurting and we are seething right now as a community. Byron Brown, the mayor of Buffalo at the end there, just beginning the work of healing the latest community to be scarred by mass gun violence here. It's extraordinary that there are now so many of these attacks that everyone already seems to know the cadences to articulate when their town, their city, their neighborhood is visited by a madman with an assault rifle. And so does the nation's president. Jill and I bring you this message from deep in our nation's soul. In America, evil will not win, I promise you. Hate will not prevail. And white supremacy will not have the last word. For the evil did come to Buffalo. It's come to all too many places. Manifest in gunmen who massacred innocent people in the name of hateful and perverse ideology rooted in fear and racism. President Biden on Tuesday, speaking after he spent 90 minutes trying to comfort the 10 families of those people cut down while they did the Saturday shopping at a supermarket. The 18-year-old accused of the massacre not only live-streamed video of his outrage, he also published a 180-page manifesto embracing so-called replacement theory, the entirely false claim that there are deliberate efforts underway to replace white people in America with non-whites. Prosecutors believe it led the teenage gunman to travel 200 miles and unleash his attack on a grocery store that he deliberately targeted because it lies in a predominantly black neighborhood. What happened here is simple and straightforward. Terrorism. Terrorism. Domestic terrorism. Violence inflicted in the service of hate and the vicious thirst for power that defines one group of people being inherently inferior to any other group. A hate that through the media and politics, the internet, has radicalized, angry, alienated, lost, and isolated individuals into falsely believing that they will be replaced, that's the word, replaced, by the other, by people who don't look like them, and who are, therefore, in the perverse ideology that they possess and being fed lesser beings. I and all of you reject the lie. I call on all Americans to reject the lie. And I condemn those who spread the lie for power, political gain, and for profit. 
Tucker Carlson of Fox News, I think he's talking about you. The left and all the little gatekeepers on Twitter become literally hysterical if you use the term replacement. If you suggest that the Democratic Party is trying to replace the current electorate, the voters now casting ballots, with new people, more obedient voters from the third world. But they become hysterical because that's that's what's happening, actually. Let's just say it. That's mm. true. And Newt Gingrich, the former Speaker of the House of Representatives, is another figure who has embraced what was once an entirely fringe conspiracy theory on the outer reaches of the dark Internet and brought it right into the heart of American living rooms. The anti-American left would love to drown uh, traditional classic Americans with as many people as they can who know nothing of American history, nothing of American tradition, nothing of the rule of law. Uh, and I think that, that when you go and you look at the radical left, uh, this is their, their ideal model is to get rid of the rest of us because we believe in George Washington or we believe in the Constitution. Uh, and you, you see this behavior over and over again. Traditional classic Americans, also known as white people. President Biden's empathy for the victims' families and his fury over the attack were on open display in Buffalo on Tuesday. He even went so far as to claim that terrorism, fueled by homegrown conspiracy theories and white supremacy, is now putting American democracy on the line. Look, the American experiment in democracy is in a danger like it hasn't been in my lifetime. It's in danger this hour. Hate and fear are being given too much oxygen by those who pretend to love America, but who don't understand America. To confront the ideology of hate requires caring about all people. Not making distinctions. But it surely also requires action. And in his speech in Buffalo, the president had announced none. So at the airport, as he prepared to leave the city, reporters wanted to know what is his plan to save America's democracy from the terrorist threat he insists it faces. Take a listen at length to a man who hasn't got one. President, is it okay. time for a domestic terrorism statute? Well, we have enough laws on the books to deal with what's going on now. We just have to, we have to deal with it. Look, part of what the country has to do is look in the mirror and face the reality. We have a problem with domestic terror. It's real. I know you don't want to hear me, not you, people don't want to hear me saying it. They say, well, he's the president, he's a Democrat. He's, but that's what the intelligence community has been saying. That's what the military has been saying for a long time. There's nothing new about this. Nothing new about this. And look, there's a lot of people like this murderer who committed this act who are just deranged, who are, who are susceptible, who are, who are just uh, lost and, and, and don't know what to do. And they're easily taken. They're easily sucked in. And it's got to stop. We have to admit it. I don't know why we don't admit what the hell's going on. Anyway, thank you very much. You're going to explain. And off he flew. There will, of course, be another mass shooting, another round of grief, and another round of presidential hand-wringing along in just a moment. For the second consecutive week, the president devoted considerable attention to another substantial national problem, the shortage of baby formula. Literally, in the world's most advanced economy, many parents of infants and newborns still can't lay their hands on any of it. Regular listeners will remember this relates to a 
recall of three brands of baby formula, all produced by a single company, Abbott Nutrition, which is alone responsible for nearly 40% of the formula on America's shelves. Nice little business they've got there. For the second week, the White House continued to scramble to try and resolve a problem that the industry started warning about in February. I know parents all across the country are worried about finding enough infant formula to feed their babies. An empathetic President Biden in a video message on Wednesday. As a parent and as a grandparent, I know just how stressful that is. Today, I'm invoking what they call the Defense Production Act to ensure that manufacturers have the necessary ingredients to make safe, healthy infant formula here at home. And I'm also announcing Operation Fly Formula. That's to be able to speed up the import of infant formula and start getting more formula in stores as soon as possible. Operation Fly Formula. What a concept. They found some yesterday in Switzerland, but as of last night, they were still trying to find a plane to fly it to America. As for all that stuff about the Defense Production Act, the bit of law that the president says he's going to use to solve the crisis, it sounds terrific, save for the fact that only last Friday, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki insisted it could not, in fact, fix the problem. You can't just use the Defense Production Act to say to a company that produces something else, produce baby formula. It just doesn't work that way exactly. One week later, apparently it does work that way exactly. Imagine being a parent who votes and watching this train wreck unfold, or any American who checks the plunging value of their retirement funds at the end of a week on the stock market that the Wall Street Journal described as carnage. But then again, what's the alternative? Well, we got a sense of that in the battleground state of Pennsylvania this week. Primary elections took place to pick candidates in this November's midterm elections. And for the position of governor in the state, Republicans selected Donald Trump's choice, Doug Mastriano. Mr Mastriano's victory was fueled off the back of his entirely false claims about non-existent voter fraud in the 2020 presidential election. Election. We have been defrauded in Pennsylvania, and the people know this. Everyone knows it. Even, even now, with a 20, 30 percent of Democrats across the state also agree there was extensive cheating and fraud. How can we ever have a fair election again in, in anywhere in Pennsylvania or the nation for that matter? Now, a brief digression, just because it's fun. When Mr. Mastriano declared his candidacy for governor earlier this year, his announcement was preceded by this. A pastor sounding a shofar, a ram's horn, traditionally used in the Jewish religion, but now expropriated by American Christian right-wingers who believe the rapture will eventually deliver Israel, the promised land, into their hands. Indeed. And that wasn't all in Pennsylvania, because at the end of this week, the TV physician Dr. Oz is neck and neck in the race to become the Republican candidate for the Senate in the state. He, too, was backed by Donald Trump, whose endorsement rescued him from electoral oblivion. President Trump 
After he endorsed me, continued to lead into this race in Pennsylvania. He knows all the subtleties of it. He was willing to participate with Teletown Halls, which he advised that I do. It was a brilliant idea. Uh, he participated in a, in a massive rally. God bless you, sir, for putting so much effort into this race. I will make you proud. There are still votes to count in that race, but Donald Trump, who knows all the subtleties about elections, says he doesn't understand why the good doctor is waiting for the official outcome. He should just go ahead and declare victory, he says. Back in Washington, Joe Biden was celebrating a win this week. Yesterday, the president of Finland and the prime minister of Sweden visited the White House just days after they applied for NATO membership, a move unthinkable before Russia's invasion of Ukraine. In the face of aggression, NATO has not grown weaker or more divided. It has grown stronger, more united. With Finland and Sweden's decision to request membership in NATO, it'll be enhanced for all time. A clear message there to the Kremlin, a White House reminder of just how badly they believe Vladimir Putin miscalculated when he authorized his military assault on Ukraine. Russia hit back today, saying it will halt natural gas supplies to Finland starting tomorrow, even as President Putin lays plans to annex large parts of southeast Ukraine. His military adventurism there and America's need to focus on it is by no means over. But this week, the president did secure Senate backing for a fresh $40 billion of weaponry and humanitarian assistance for Ukraine. It's wonderful to be back in the Republic of Korea. I'm honored by the welcome you've given me to your beautiful country. President Biden earlier today in South Korea, where he's starting a four-day trip that will also take him to Tokyo. As soon as his long flight to the Korean Peninsula landed, he visited a Samsung factory where semiconductors are made. The company is building a twin plant in Texas to help beat back America's supply chain woes. Our two nations work together to make the best, most advanced technology in the world. And this factory is proof of that. And that gives both the Republic of Korea and the United States a competitive edge in the global economy. If, if we can keep our supply chains resilient, reliable and secure. Of course, that is a big if. The semiconductors so crucial to America's economy won't be rolling off the production lines in Texas until at least 2024. And that presumes no delays in the construction of the factory. And that is Joe Biden's problem in microcosm. He doesn't have the capacity to wave a magic wand and instantly make his problems go away. Sure, he's now got $1.2 trillion to spend on infrastructure rebuilding America's airports, its bridges, its roads and its broadband. But those projects will take years and in some cases decades to bear fruit. And right now, the country hasn't got any baby formula. But Eddie, if he can find some in Asia to bring back with him, I know of a great way to celebrate. Simon Marks's American Week, back next Friday on LBC at a quarter to five. This is LBC, I'm Eddie Mayer.